Hello, hello, and welcome to Genderator. I'm your host, Jennifer Sanfilippo. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. In today's episode, we explore the platinum rule. That is, treat others the way they want to be treated. We explore this concept through the eyes of the LGBTQ community. My guest is Caden Miller, Associate Education Director at The Out Alliance. Caden walks me through the use of pronouns, clarifies definitions, like what does the Q and LGBTQ plus mean, and discusses issues that are important to the LGBTQ plus community. Caden, thank you so much for joining me on Genderator. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. So, you are the Associate Education Director at the Out Alliance. Mm-hmm. I am. I Can am. you tell us a little bit about the Out Alliance, and then we'll talk about your role? Yeah, so the Out Alliance, uh, formerly known as the Gay Alliance, folks might recognize us under that name um, more likely. We have been known as the Gay Alliance since the 1970s, where we got our start on the U of R campus. But about two years ago, we realized that by having that name, the Gay Alliance, a lot of people thought that they needed to identify as a gay man mm-hmm. to come utilize our services. Mm-hmm. And since we're saying that, you know, we should be more inclusive, we should make this more of a welcoming space, we should probably have a name that reflects that. Mm-hmm. So it was very difficult to get an entire community of people to agree on oh, one name. I can only imagine. <laughs> it was very, very difficult. But uh, ultimately, we decided on that name, the Out Alliance. Mm-hmm. And that name is not to say that you need to be out of the closet, so to speak, or that you even need to be LGBTQ, mm-hmm. uh, which is a long acronym that we can definitely talk about. <laughs> but uh, it just means that we strive to create an environment where everybody feels like they can be out if that's part of the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for folks who might be looking for us, uh, if you know where the Village Gate is, if you know where the Memorial Art Gallery is, you know exactly where to find us. We are located at 100 College Ave. Um, if you are having trouble finding our building, I remember applying for this job a couple years ago <laughs> and uh, kind of thinking to myself, okay, I've never heard of the then Gay Alliance before. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to find this building. And I was driving around in my car and then on the horizon, two rainbow flags emerged. And I remember thinking to myself, if I was a betting man, I bet that's the Out Alliance and then Gay Alliance. And it in fact was. So if you're looking for us, we do have that that storefront presence where you'll see those rainbow flags. You'll see that very welcoming window display. You can walk right in um, and view all the things we've got going on here. We've got Gallery Q, which is an LGBTQ art gallery that changes over every month with First Friday. Mm -hmm. We have got one of the nation's largest LGBTQ uh, library and archives, Mm -hmm. which functions just like a typical library. Mm -hmm. So if you yourself, maybe a student, are looking to do some research, uh, you can come check out a book. Uh, It just works on an honor system. Mm -hmm. And then we just ask that you return the book. We've even got an awesome rare books collection that uh, it's got some books that are so rare they're one of the last copies in existence a lot of them from the time hitler was burning books wow. Talk about like magnus hirschfeld and stuff so some really good stuff going on there um, recently we had the community center open over there so we hold youth dances for like uh, for prom if you can imagine prom can be a difficult time for any high schooler yeah but especially lgbtq kiddos might feel like well if i bring uh, Maybe if I am a guy and I bring another guy to prom with me, am I going to get made fun of? Or maybe I'm just starting to transition and I'm looking at maybe wearing a dress rather than a tux or vice versa. Am I going to get pushback? There can be a lot of folks who surprisingly skip a lot of those really important moments in their life Mm -hmm. for fear of that pushback. Mm -hmm. So we kind of create our very own prom called Big Queer Prom, Mm -hmm. which is bigger and queer. (laughs) And actually, kids come from all different states to participate. Uh, We had over 200 kids recently at our Big Queer Prom. So that's something that we hold here. Um, If you go to our website, outalliance.org, or you check out our Facebook page, we have something going on here every day, all sorts of events. That's amazing. And I have to share with my listeners, because I have people listening from all around the globe now, that this is in Rochester, New York. Oh, yes. So you do, as the education, um, I'm sorry, as the associate education director, you travel all around the nation. Let's talk a little bit about what you are aware of resource-wise, because this, I think, Rochester is well-situated. It has an incredible... 
a resource here in the Out Alliance for folks. What have you seen across the nation as you've been doing your trainings? Yeah. So uh, Rochester has been very, very lucky that we kind of have our own little bubble of inclusion. But in traveling across the country, I mean, I've been in place in Mississippi, Arkansas, Texas, right? I'm all over the place. So uh, they might not necessarily have the resource center that we do. Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely encourage folks to look out and see if they maybe do have an LGBTQ resource center that maybe they hadn't heard of. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, even for me, uh, somebody who identifies as a transgender man, it wasn't until I had found this job opportunity that I realized this place existed. Mm -hmm. Even though all of the outreach reach effort that we do, it just wasn't something that was happening in my own circles. Mm -hmm. So definitely make that Google search, see what you've got involved, even when it comes to like college campus Mm -hmm. Sometimes a college campus will have created a group that you are welcome to come to mm -hmm. um, on a more like resource level. Uh, for youth, there is a great resource called the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project? The Trevor Project. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that uh, is like a hotline for folks who might be thinking, uh, LGBTQ folks who might be thinking of hurting themselves um, or taking their own life. Mm -hmm. It's that opportunity for them to give that call and talk to somebody who is knowledgeable in LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. and to kind of be able to have that rapport already, which can mm -hmm. be really important. Something that's really awesome about the Trevor Project is the fact that you don't necessarily have to call, you can text him, mm -hmm. which uh, if you're a little bit more shy, um, we see that a lot of youth prefer to text rather than call, that can be a very big benefit as mm -hmm. well. Uh, things like the Human Rights Campaign, mm -hmm. it's got all sorts of resources, and a website called GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N. Mm -hmm. That is a fantastic place, uh, especially if you're looking in, in your own school, starting a gay straight alliance mm -hmm. or some sort of club or looking at some of those K through 12 basics. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's so important. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. Now, would you suggest um, anyone who's interested in other areas, other regions of the nation, would you hold up the Out Alliance as a uh, model? that people could look at to see if they wanted to replicate in other places? Yeah, I would definitely reach out to us if you were looking at creating um, a similar nonprofit organization. Uh, we have, since we've been around from the 70s, we have experienced many roadblocks, many stumbles, mm -hmm. things that uh, maybe we could help you avoid yourself or some models for us that have worked. Um, one of the largest LGBTQ centers is in California mm -hmm. and they are a multi-million dollar organization. <laughs> so we actually use them as a model for mm -hmm. something we would like to achieve. But if anybody's interested in you know, starting their own organization or just collaborating in general, um, I just reached out to an LGBTQ center in Anchorage, Alaska to oh, see how we could do like maybe a pen pal program for yeah. our youth. So that they can have some of those connections so we're stronger together so if anybody ever wants to collaborate or wants some help starting their own organization more than happy to help that's wonderful thank you yeah thank you. so the safe zone training that you do mm -hmm. uh, along with Lori Kramer I took that training as you know and it was excellent it was very useful it explained so many things to me now I am a 51-year-old uh, heterosexual cisgender woman, and to and I always think that I, I have an open mind. But even if you have an open mind, doesn't mean you know any anything or everything that there is to know. And so I was very interested in learning more about the change in the, the use of pronouns, the acronyms, and even fundamentally something like the use of Q and LGBTQ. I grew up in queer was a derogatory term. And when I started hearing it being used more mainstream as owned by, by the LGBTQ community positively, I'm like, oh my gosh, are, are we using that word now? You know, so it was great to come and hear your training. I thought it was really well done, really useful. There were a lot of healthcare people in the room, which I thought was very important. And I know that you are now bouncing around the nation. How many trainings do you do a year? 
So I have worked here for a little over two years, and I've done just over 400 trainings. Oh my gosh. You've got to be exhausted. I'm a little tired, but the work is really enriching. It feels really rewarding to be able to do. Um, Mostly within a six-hour radius, I've done like most of the K-12 through schools and medical facilities around here. Mm -hmm. But the ones that get really tired are the ones that make you get on a plane, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yes. So um, what can you tell us about the, the change in the acronyms and the evolution of the pronouns and how important that is? Yeah, I think the first thing I would want to stress for folks is that it can be very daunting, mm-hmm. all of this, this language and these new concepts, and it can feel like a lot of change, and it can feel so overwhelming that you get stuck and you're feeling like, I don't even know what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm so afraid that... I am going to say the wrong thing, but I don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to let people know that just a couple of years ago, all of this stuff was new to me. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, like no one is just born and just knows all this. Right? Mm-hmm. We are all on our own journey. Mm-hmm. So not to be intimidated by all of the words out there, all the definitions, take it one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are going to be some stumbling blocks, but that's okay. It's when we mess up that we're able to learn. Mm-hmm. Really. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the acronym goes, it's a long acronym acronym and it can really change depending on where you are I think like the most current version of it is like LGBTQAI2SP like it just goes and goes Mm -hmm. a lot of people joke and they call it the alphabet soup Mm -hmm. Um, most recently what I've been seeing is LGBTQ plus Mm -hmm. so lesbian gay bisexual transgender Q can be queer questioning and we'll Mm -hmm. talk about that and then that plus is to kind of be that umbrella Mm -hmm. for all those different orientations and identities that kind of fall under there. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that I used to be somebody that I felt like, why do we need all of these different words, Mm -hmm. all of these different orientations? It doesn't make sense to me. Mm -hmm. I would look at them all and I'd think, aren't we getting away from what's important? Mm -hmm. Isn't this getting to be too much? And I realized that immense place of privilege that I myself was coming from, Mm -hmm. that uh, a couple years ago I was able to look out into the world, try to figure out what word really fit for me. Mm -hmm. And when I found that word transgender, Mm -hmm. just how awesome that felt to be able to finally have a word that felt with the feelings, fit with the feelings I had been feeling my entire life. Mm -hmm. And there I was taking that opportunity away from other folks simply because it was words I hadn't heard before. Mm -hmm. Um, It also helped me realize that, you know, our language is inherently flawed. Uh, There are words out there in other languages that uh, may not directly translate to English, but are reflective of our human experiences as a whole. Um, I'm trying to think. So I saw Avenue Q the other day, Mm -hmm. and uh, there was a word, I think it was schadenfreude, Oh, yes. Does that sound right? Yeah. Deriving pleasure from other people's pain? Like, yes. It's a German word, yes. right? <laughs> so I would, I would argue that that is a feeling that we can all universally feel as a human experience. Mm-hmm. But there's no direct translation for that word into English. It's because our language is inherently flawed. Mm-hmm. This is why we need more words. This is why we're constantly developing new words. Because mm-hmm. there is no set right number of words to fit all of the different feelings and experiences that we have as humans. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that, that maybe there are some words I had never heard before at the time, like um, maybe you've heard the words like non-binary or like genderqueer, right? Mm-hmm. Things that might be like, or asexual, and you're thinking, I don't know what all this is, I've never heard of it, when did it go past just lesbian and gay? Mm-hmm. And uh, realizing that, okay, well, as people are gaining more and more access to uh, look at within themselves and their own experiences, like having access to the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Being able to look out and gain more knowledge about yourself, being Mm -hmm. able to then connect with those words more. Mm -hmm. I always liken it to um, if you see the color red Mm -hmm. your entire life, Mm -hmm. but you never know the word red, you're Mm -hmm. never going to connect the two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that acronym right now, uh, LGBTQ+, is Mm -hmm. uh, the one that I see in my own particular region. Mm -hmm. Now, folks who might be listening from all across the country, you might be hearing different things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will share with you with LGBTQ+, here, is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and that Q can be questioning or queer. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that one? That's a yeah, whole, yes, okay, that's a whole that's other barrel one. of monkeys, right? <laughs> yeah. So that word queer, um, I certainly have friends 
that would be very, very upset if I called them queer. Mm -hmm. And I have friends who would be very, very upset if I did not call them queer. How do we navigate such a world? <laughs> it could be very difficult, right? So my, my top tip for you is rather than memorizing all of the different words and identities out there, just mirror language. I mean, certainly have a familiarity with some of the words and identities that are out there, but what's gonna get you so much farther is just keeping your ears open, listening to how somebody identifies and mirroring that language for them. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to that word queer, we have to understand that that can be a very in-community word, Mm -hmm. And that word queer, it can have a really, really, really negative connotation to mm -hmm. it. Uh, traditionally, that was a word that was used as a derogatory word. Mm -hmm. um, yes. I know that uh, we kind of talked about picking the name for the Out Alliance. Yeah. And we dabbled with calling it like the Q Center or the Queer Alliance. Mm -hmm. And the number of people who called us up and said, I'm not going to step foot in your center again under that name queer, mm -hmm. just goes to show how hurtful that word can be for folks. Yes, yeah. On the flip side, we're seeing a lot of folks in younger generations reclaim that word for themselves, mm -hmm. right? They're using it as a term of empowerment. Yeah. Um, it's something that also helps folks who maybe say, well, I've got my orientation, which is who I'm attracted to, and I've also got my gender identity, which is who I am as a person. And rather than saying something like, uh, I am a lesbian trans woman, rather than saying all of that together, people might just say, I'm queer, mm -hmm. right? To kind of shorten that down. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that biggest takeaway is to recognize that queer is never a word I would start with mm -hmm. because it can be so hurtful for folks. Mm -hmm. But mirroring that language is going to get you a lot farther. I want to read a quote out of your materials that I think is... Um really uh, powerful. It's from Alex Myers, mm -hmm. and he wrote uh, a book, didn't he? Why, why, or an article, Why We Need More Queer Identity Labels, Not Fewer. Mm -hmm. And he says, adding more labels to the acronym isn't about making sure all the snowflakes know they are special. These labels save lives. These labels create a powerful sense of understanding and self-acceptance. The fact that the acronym has become a target for mockery only indicates the amount of work that still needs to be done around LGBTQIA plus civil rights. And I, I thought that was a very, um, it was powerful and instructional, informative quote, because fundamentally it's about respect. And we have um, so many people, young people, I think you do a lot of work with, but also people who feel so isolated in their identity. And what they're asking for is just an acknowledgement of, of who they are. Is absolutely, what absolutely. I'm following. I mean, all of these, these words out here, um, it's not about labeling others, it's about giving people the power to label themselves, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of times there's that push to get away from labels, but there is a lot of power in being able to self-identify. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love that, that quote, because it really goes to show you, yeah, we need, we need more labels to be more inclusive of everyone's diverse experiences, mm -hmm. to give them that power to look within themselves and be like, this is the word that I have been looking for, mm -hmm. right? And it is definitely not about labeling others, yeah. Mm -hmm. It just reminds me, and I hope this story isn't minimizing the, the import of the acronyms and the labels. You know, my name is Jennifer. I introduce myself as Jennifer. I say I go by Jennifer, and people automatically shorten it to Jen. And I will remind them or, you know, encourage them to call me by the name that I want to be called by. It's those folks who continue to call me what they want to call me and aren't hearing me. I don't get angry so much. I just, I'm just curious as to what is going on in that brain of yours. I've told you three times, my name is Jennifer and that's how I want to be addressed. And that's how I, I, I identify myself as Jennifer in the world. And then I think how much more egregious it is when you identify, you know, whether it's your gender or your sexual orientation, and you're trying to claim who you are in your space, and someone refuses to acknowledge that. And there's a lot of anger. A person I was talking to was saying, well, how come someone gets so angry with me if I use the wrong pronoun or term? I'm like, well... 
Sometimes it's just that person has been trying to be here. It's like Horton hears a who. I am here. I am here. I am here. <laughs> For God's sake. You know, and, and, and a lifetime of that has got to get you pretty agitated. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a really good connection. I think it's something that we can all relate to, right? Being called the wrong name, right? Or maybe uh, we go by a middle name and everyone's just calling us by our first name. I think it's something that everybody in the world can relate to, especially folks with difficult to pronounce names. It's like, how many times do I have to tell you to pronounce my name this way, right? Um, And you can think of times that, okay, you may have gotten a little bit frustrated with that. Yeah, I think folks can definitely understand where maybe somebody who is of trans experience might be coming from. Mm-hmm. It's very similar to getting flicked in the arm, right? Yeah. If I come up to you and I flick you in the arm two or three times, okay, it's a little bit of a, a pinch, but it's tolerable. Mm-hmm. If I do that to you 50 times, by the time I get to the 50th time of flicking you in the arm, you are going to haul off and hit me because it's just yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And I think what people don't understand is you may have seen you misgendering that person just once that day, mm-hmm. but you might be the 50th person that day. Mm-hmm. And not take it too personally. We are so quick to forgive other people, not so quick to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. That misgendering is going to happen. And the reason that person might be lashing back out or angry is because you might be that 50th person. That might be a lot for that individual. Um, I know it's something that I myself tend to take pretty personally. Um, I tend to not lash out at the person, but more so retreat within myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I tend to get to a place where I just feel like, okay, I need to leave. I don't want to socialize with anybody anymore. Because for me, it's it's difficult to, um, as a transgender man who has decided to medically transition, uh, I inject myself with testosterone every Mm -hmm. week. And so it's been difficult to go through the processes of being able to get on testosterone, to get my name legally changed, to be able to go through all that, to be almost two years on testosterone Mm -hmm. and still not have people see me the way that I want to be seen. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course it does not come from a place of malice at all. Uh, Most misgendering does not, Mm -hmm. but uh, it is folks who just kind of, they look at you, they think they can read you a certain way and they make that assumption. Mm -hmm. And uh, it immediately sets me into that tailspin of, uh, like, quote unquote, what am I doing wrong? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, why are people not able to see me the way I wish to be seated? Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of folks within the trans community will actively avoid social situations or um, just in spaces where they have to be out in the public for fear of that misgendering. Mm-hmm. But, um, my biggest piece of advice for somebody who does misgender somebody, because you'd think that like me, the trans man, I would never misgender anybody, but I misgender people. It happens, we're all human, it is going to happen. If it hasn't happened to you yet, it's probably gonna happen and that's okay. It's really about making that mistake and then how do we move past that? Mm -hmm. So uh, I like to make the similarity of like, what you would do if you're walking down the street. Mm -hmm. So if you imagine yourself walking down the street and you bump into somebody, you bump shoulders, you're not just gonna keep on walking without acknowledging that you bumped into the person. Mm -hmm. Similarly, if you are walking down the street and you bump into somebody, you're not going to fall to your knees and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, please, (laughs) it'll never happen again. Like I have a gay friend, right? You're You're not gonna make it like overly ambitious apology because that's just awkward, right? And then what you're doing is you're putting it on that person to make you feel better, Mm -hmm. right? You're saying that I'm the one who made the mistake, but now I'm asking you to make me feel better about it. So again, picture yourself walking down the street. Okay, you bump into somebody. What do you say? Oh, sorry. And you keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's really important that we make these mistakes, whether it be uh, using the wrong pronoun for somebody or whether that be maybe using uh, the wrong name for somebody, Mm -hmm. which can be very difficult when you're thinking about if you have known somebody under a certain name for so many years, Mm -hmm. you have to redraw those maps in your brain. You're Mm -hmm. undoing a lot of what you already know. But making sure that we're acknowledging when we mess up Mm -hmm. is very important. Mm -hmm. Then do that work to get it right. Mm -hmm. right? So in that same sentence, in that same conversation, make sure that you correct the gender of the person. Mm -hmm. Use the right name. So that way they hear that you're trying. Mm -hmm. One experience, and this is where prejudices come from, biases don't use one experience. Like the one person who, who, who gets 
really super angry about the misgendering yeah. and, and or the incorrect pronoun usage who don't use that as a way to approach the entire community. Yeah. Um, so I know that you might have that experience where somebody um, is maybe coming from that real place of anger, right? You may have accidentally misgendered them, used the wrong name, and they might get really, really angry with you. And then it can be really difficult to not then make those those blanket assumptions about, okay, well, now every LGBTQ person I meet, I'm going to be on the defense, right? I think that's natural with any um, like marginalized group or any new experience. If yes. we originally have a negative experience, we're going to put ourselves on that defense, mm -hmm. right? I think that's natural. Um, I think something that you can do that is just worlds and worlds of beyond or just being that active allyship is to make sure that you are somebody who is opening yourself up for mistakes, right? Mm -hmm. um, if you're maybe teaching a class or a seminar, let people know, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm human. Um, I might make mistakes in pronunciation of your name. I might make mistakes and call you the wrong name. I want to let you know to call me out on that. Mm -hmm. I'm opening myself up right now to, I'm asking you to call me out when I make those mistakes. Mm -hmm. That way you're saying that I'm open to being corrected. Mm -hmm. I make mistakes too. Right? That second piece is make those own steps to show folks within your class that you are an ally, right? Mm -hmm. That can be things like a pin that says I'm an ally, mm -hmm. um, shameless plug if you want to come take a safe zone training mm -hmm. at the Out Alliance. Mm -hmm. um, it gives you that safe zone sticker, lapel pin. There are certainly ways that we can show that we are inclusive by sharing our own pronouns first, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or even if it's something small like a little rainbow flag in the cup holder at your mm -hmm. desk. LGBTQ folks are constantly looking for those signals that is this a place that I'm going to be welcome mm -hmm. and it's not enough to just have a sign slapped on the door that says all are welcome here because mm -hmm. traditionally when we say all are welcome here we mean all are welcome here except for you LGBTQ people, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, right? So we have to be very explicit in our message saying that it is you LGBTQ folks who I am welcoming into this space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you had told a story in the Safe Zone training that somebody who was at, maybe it was a college campus yeah. and saw the sticker on a professor's door, he never went in to talk to the professor, but just seeing the sticker yeah. made that person feel, the, the anxiety just, just decreased exponentially. Yeah. And that was, a, that was a great story. You don't even know who you're affecting mm -hmm. by, um, by displaying the fact that you are a, a safe zone ally. And I like how you call that an active ally. Yeah. It's not enough to just say you're an ally, right? An ally is definitely a verb. Mm -hmm. um, for folks, that safe zone story, that's probably my favorite safe zone story I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. And it was a young man who was on that college campus who knew that he was a gay man, but he was in a place where he was not out to himself, he was not out to others. Um, he was actually in that place where he was just kind of tolerating his own existence. He was actually contemplating taking his own life. Mm -hmm. And then one day on his campus, in a department that wasn't his, mm -hmm. with two professors that weren't his, he saw those safe zone stickers pop up on the door. Mm -hmm. And he would wait for that college campus to shut down and walk those halls just to see those two safe zone stickers and just to know that there was two people on that campus that had his back. Mm. The power behind that, just knowing that there are two people that have your back. And these professors, they never knew what this sticker did for him. But you don't even know when you're doing those active allyships with that signage and creating those inclusive environments, how much of an affirming environment you are making for folks that you may never hear from. Oh my goodness, you just gave me chills. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good story. Yeah. And it's so much more than just if you identify as LGBTQ, right? It might be that, okay, maybe I'm a kid in school and I've got two moms. Mm -hmm. Or maybe right, yeah. that I'm going to grow up. Um, maybe I'm in my 30s and I have a couple kids. And as they grow up, they become LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. I am going to be looking at my past to think about what do I know of LGBTQ? Am I seeing all these negative things? Or am I thinking about, oh, you know what, there was that awesome English teacher I had who had that sticker on his door. Mm -hmm. My kid is going to have that same experience. My kid is going to be able to have those affirming experiences, mm -hmm. right? It's so much more than just, uh, even if you do not fall within the LGBT community, 
there's going to be somebody in your life who does. Yes. If not now, in the future. This is a good time now then to, to direct toward the uh, abuse and violence that, that our population can suffer, does suffer. Definitely. And, you know, it's a, good, it's a good transition from, you know, using words and language that is respectful and honoring the person and who they are to safe zones to why we actually, you know, one of the reasons why we want to make sure that these safe zones exist and that we're mindful of, of people's identities and acting as active allies. Yeah. There's a lot of abuse in the community, isn't there? Oh yeah, there's a, a lot of misunderstanding too. Mm -hmm. I mean, just talking from like a, a statistics perspective, we, a lot of times we look at uh, what, like, what does it mean to have gay rights? And we think, oh, we've got marriage equality, what else do we need, right? Mm -hmm. That's oftentimes that argument, or like, what is the gay agenda, right? Yeah. The gay agenda is like milk, eggs, equality, right? Yeah. The gay agenda. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people do not realize that it isn't a third of the states that you can be fired from your job, you can be kicked out of housing, asked to leave a restaurant simply for being gay. And in over two-thirds of the states, you can be fired from your job, kicked out of housing, asked to leave a restaurant, simply for being transgender. Mm -hmm. right? And so we might ask ourselves, well, what else needs to be done? We need to look at things and our policies as a state level as well, and really see what's happening and what protections are in place for folks. Mm -hmm. um, when we're looking at even our our friends who are transgender. Uh, if we're looking at the the national attempted suicide rates, and not suicidal ideation, but attempted suicide, the national average is about 4.6%. Mm -hmm. Now, when we just narrow that down and just look at our friends of trans experience, mm -hmm. that's about 40%. But what's really cool about this is if we're taking that 40% and we're giving them the access to things like affirming care, uh, we're giving them the access to things like medically transitioning if that's part of their journey. Mm -hmm. If we're giving them um, using the right name and pronouns, right, being mm -hmm. respectful of them, we actually watch that 40% shrink down to the national average of 4.6%, mm -hmm. which is just, to me, is mind-blowing. Mm -hmm. It really goes to say, well, what is the importance behind all of this care? Why are we doing this? It's right there. Mm -hmm. Look at those suicide rates. Yeah. Oh, that's so... Heartbreaking. What about um, external violence? Yeah. So, unfortunately, it is uh, the trans community. It is a pretty high murder rate for folks in the trans community. Um, I think people are often very afraid of what they don't understand, mm -hmm. and that tends to breed hatred. Um, I think there can be some of those split-second reactions of, I don't understand this so I'm going to eliminate this. Mm -hmm. um, so when we're looking at our trans friends, the murder rate is very high, um, for especially for our trans women, mm -hmm. but the murder rate for transgender women of color is by far the highest. Uh, the average life expectancy for a trans woman of color is not to exceed about 30, 35 years old, which is just, to me, is disgusting. That should not be the case. When we're talking about our compound marginalized identities, yeah, you know, our LGBTQ folks, um, they're gonna experience some discrimination, but we also know that people of color experience a lot of discrimination, and so do women. So when we have a trans woman of color, those compound marginalized identities, we need to make sure that we have systems in place that are gonna be accessible for them. Mm -hmm. And you know, oftentimes when we think of somebody who might be LGBTQ and we're painting a picture in our head uh, just as human nature of what an LGBTQ person looks like, oftentimes, like for example, for a gay man, we're picturing somebody who's young, who's white, who's cisgender, or meaning not transgender. Mm -hmm. We're picturing somebody from a certain socioeconomic status. We're picturing somebody who's able-bodied. Mm -hmm. When we're thinking of all these things and we're just creating safe zones mm -hmm. for that type of individual, mm -hmm. then look at all the folks that we're missing, mm -hmm. right? It's really important to make sure that the things that we are creating and in the act of allyship that we are engaging in is inclusive of all these different identities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is very timely because the Supreme Court just heard arguments about whether 
Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 actually applies to people based on sexual orientation and transgender status. I think that were there three cases that they heard at the Supreme Court? I think there were three different cases that were brought up, but they all were relating to uh, whether or not the civil rights law bars job discrimination based on sexual orientation and transgender status. And that's it's a, a big uh, discussion at the national level right now. My partner, uh, Aridan, uh, they are actually, and I'm using they because my partner actually uses they, them pronouns, so we can certainly talk about that, listeners. I know there's some questions around that, but uh, my partner is somebody who's going to school for social work right now mm-hmm. and is actually in an intensified um, policy class. So we've been having some discussions around this about how policy comes into place and how policy can be so dependent on the words that they choose. And I mean, going hand in hand with LGBTQ, how we have words and how definitions can change over time and how those definitions are really used for what the policy wants. So Mm -hmm. in this case, well, when we're talking about protections for women, does that include transgender women? Like, what are we talking about with this? So these are difficult conversations, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I guess the decision's coming out in the summer, they said? That's what I hear, yeah. 2020, so... We'll see. Yeah, yes, we will. It's Um, interesting. A lot of times, so even within policy that is supposed to protect LGBTQ folks, a lot of times that even that trans piece can be missing from that. I know that there, it was really big a couple years ago and we're still kind of seeing that, but even within uh, the acronym LGBTQ, there was that movement to remove the T or to remove transgender from that acronym. That when we're talking about protections for folks who are gay, maybe lesbian, bisexual, that that is an orientation, and folks who are trans, that's a gender identity, so you don't belong. Mm -hmm. We see that a lot with maybe uh, folks who are polyamorous, Mm -hmm. saying that uh, polyamory is that... uh, the practice of having maybe more than one partner with the consent and knowledge of all those involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not polygamy, that's more a religious piece, mm-hmm. but for p- folks who are polyamorous, that is the consent and knowledge of all those involved. Um, if I am dating somebody and I'm just getting a little something extra on the side, that's just cheating. <laughs> that's not polyamory. It is very much that consent and knowledge of all those involved. But we might look at some of those other identities that aren't maybe lesbian, gay, bisexual, and folks are trying to remove them from the movement. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make sense to me at yeah. all. Um, I think it goes back to that, that thought process that I used to have, that I don't understand why we have so many words, so many identities. I feel like we're getting away from quote-unquote what's important, mm-hmm. right? But uh, I liken it to a deck of cards where um, if I've got a deck of 52 cards and I pull just three off the top, I'm going to be able to rip those in half pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But if I pick up that full deck of 52 cards it's going to be very difficult for me to rip those in half mm-hmm. unless I'm like a strength trainer or something, <laughs> yeah. right? But that point being that we're stronger together mm-hmm. and we need to stick together. Mm-hmm. And marginalized groups need to stick together, especially within that intersectional lens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the pronouns. You told the best story at the training, not the story, but the way to approach the they pronoun, but the little mousey in the pocket. Oh, can yes. you tell that again? I yes, love I that. Yeah, so uh, folks who might be listening, um, you may have heard that that identity before, non-binary. And somebody who is non-binary, and keeping in mind that definitions mean so many different things to so many different people, Mm -hmm. but somebody who's non-binary, typically what that means is somebody who does not feel they fit within that binary of male or female. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might feel like they embody both male and female or neither, third gender, somewhere along that spectrum, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, sometimes our friends who are non-binary are used to using our typical pronouns like he, him, his, Mm -hmm. and she, her, hers, Mm -hmm. the way that we identify ourselves to others. And they may look at that and say, well, that's very male and female binary. What uh, What is an approach that I can take that I can have pronouns that match my identity as a non-binary individual. Mm-hmm. So one of those examples are those pronouns of they, them, and theirs. Mm-hmm. So some examples would be uh, they went to the supermarket to pick up their favorite candy. Um, it makes them very happy. But right? it's 
one person absolutely that one person absolutely so we're talking about a single person of unspecified gender Mm -hmm. right that would be uh the way that uh the webster's dictionary has it in there now Mm -hmm. and the oxford dictionary has it in there now so my folks who are listening to this who are cringing about the grammar i hear you and it's official now so that might help um what's really cool is it's something that we have been using our entire lives without realizing it Mm -hmm. using those they them pronouns to mean a single person of unspecified gender. So uh, imagine that uh, we're kind of near Halloween still, right? Uh, It's past Halloween, but I'm holding on to that spooky season. Imagine that you throw a big Halloween party Mm -hmm. and afterwards you're cleaning up. Everybody has left. It's just you cleaning up. You got some very rude party guests who did not help you clean up. But (laughs) let's say that you're cleaning up and you find a cell phone. Mm -hmm. You're gonna go, oh, somebody left their cell phone. I hope they get it back. Somebody left their cell phone, I hope they get it back. Mm -hmm. You're talking about just a single person who left their cell phone behind, Mm -hmm. whose gender identity you don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, It's things that we do like uh, when we're having a package dropped off maybe. Mm -hmm. We might say, oh, I hope they put it on the back porch and not on the front porch, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because you don't know the gender of the male carrier Mm -hmm. or the female carrier, right? (laughs) Or the non-binary carrier. So you're making those, uh, not making those assumptions, we're just ungendered without realizing it. Yes. Now, my partner is somebody who uses they, them, theirs pronouns Mm -hmm. and uh, works with a lot within LGBTQ populations and used to actually work here at the Out Alliance with our older adult group, Sage, Mm -hmm. and uh, they were having a very difficult time getting some folks who are largely like in their 70s and up, um, getting used to using some of these they, them, theirs pronouns. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to get used to using some things that we may not be used to using. Mm And so they came up with this this idea that I I told them it's not going to work. It's a stupid idea, right? But like in any relationship, I was set straight, right? <laughs> I was wrong. And the idea was to pretend that uh, in your, your breast pocket, there is a little mouse. <laughs> and so that every time that you are talking to the individual, you are not just talking to them, but also the mouse. So let's say that I was talking to you and you were using uh, they, them, theirs pronouns. I would think, okay, there's you, but there's also the mouse in your pocket. I am talking to both of you. Does it sound like bootleg ratatouille? Yes, it does. But it works so, so well. I said it wasn't going to work, but everybody got it after that, right? I love that. I explained that to my, I, I told my son and my husband and a friend of ours who was over, and they, they, they just loved it. It was perfect. It was, it's hilarious. Once you start thinking about it that way, it just, it might seem really elementary or silly, silly but it really works. Sometimes we got to water these things down so that we can get them, right? Um, I know that it's something that I practice when I meet somebody who uses they, them, theirs pronouns. Even though I've been dating my partner for two years, when I meet somebody new, I have to remember, okay, these are the pronouns I'm going to use for this individual. Mm-hmm. It can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, my son, my alert reader son, <laughs> sent me a photo of a poster at school. Mm-hmm. And it um, in the bathroom, it had other pronouns that I hadn't heard of before. And it was Z, Z, E, E, and S. I think there's a Z and a C and, and so the one so I am constantly learning new pronouns there are so many out there mm-hmm. um, the one that I know of uh, has a Z in it is Z Zem Zer okay. so yes. that just sounds like they them there with the French accent but like Z Zem Zer right exactly I must be hungry or something it's getting close to lunch right but uh, that Z Zem Zer um, so I have seen that myself, and this can be different geographically. It can be different based on who you're talking to. But I have seen it as Z E Z Zem Z E M and Zer Z I R. So like Z went to the supermarket to get their favorite food. It really makes them happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot out there. Mm-hmm. Now I have personally only met one person who uses. Uh, those Z, Zem, Zer pronouns. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you won't though, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's why. Um, Getting somebody's pronouns when you're first meeting them can be really beneficial. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times we look at the way somebody expresses their gender and we think that we just know. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, that person's wearing a top hat, they must use he, him pronouns, right? Like those <laughs> sorts of things, right? Yeah. Top hat's got to come back in style, by the way. That's just too classy. But uh, <laughs> a really great way to navigate that and also practice that active allyship is to share your pronouns first. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we put it on people of trans experience to be the only ones who are sharing their pronouns, mm-hmm. which essentially just outs them. Yes. Right? But if we can take that time and that space to introduce yourself, maybe say, like, hi, um, I'm Steve, and I use he, him pronouns, mm-hmm. right? Or, hi, I'm Sarah, I use she, her pronouns. Mm-hmm. What that's doing is you are actively opening up the space for the individual you are speaking to, but also maybe anybody else in the room to show mm-hmm. them that I am somebody you can share your pronouns with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be somebody who respects that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be somebody that advocates for you. Mm -hmm. Um, My partner recently was talking to me about uh, an undergrad class they were in a couple years ago. And within the entire classroom, they were just going around and sharing their name, like, you know, what year they are in school, what they're studying. And uh, they said that across from them, there was a girl who just said, you know, hi, my name is so-and-so. I use she, her pronouns. She was the only person in the room who did that. But when it got to my partner, Aridan, they felt, oh my God, this is a time that I can share that I use they, them pronouns. Somebody else has already done the heavy lifting and the legwork for me and already made this an okay space to do that. Mm-hmm. I, as somebody who is LGBTQ, don't have to do that now. Mm-hmm. That's really what that active allyship is. Mm-hmm. So being somebody to share your pronouns first. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you are just meeting somebody, you can introduce yourself by saying, hi, you know, my name's Caden. How can I respectfully address you? And by saying, how can I respectfully address you, you are opening up that floor to so many different possibilities, right? That even goes beyond our friends of trans experience. Mm -hmm. Um, It goes for our friends who maybe uh, don't want to be called sir. Sir was my dad. Or maybe I worked very hard at my doctor and I want to be called Dr. So-and-so, right? Or maybe I do not like my first name. I want to go by my middle name. Mm -hmm. Now you know that. Right? Or maybe I have a nickname, right? Right. Think of how many people in our lives we know that do not actually go by their first name or want to be addressed in a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So just saying, how may I respectfully address you opens up the floor to so many possibilities. Mm -hmm. And to so many people. Definitely. To so many people. So like you said, it's not a singular person that has to do the heavy lifting. It opens it up for everyone. Yeah, and I can take it a step farther, right? Share your pronouns on your name badge. Mm-hmm. Share your pronouns on your desk. Share your pronouns in your email signature, right? Mm-hmm. So what that looks like is some sort of super inspirational quote, right? Mm-hmm. And then your pronouns like uh, he, him, his. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, your name. Mm-hmm. Right? And you can even take that a step farther by making your pronouns a hyperlink mm-hmm. so that folks can click on that mm-hmm. and they can take it to a page that shows the importance. Okay, here's an article about why it's important to share pronouns. Oh, that's Or my partner, for example, who uses they, them pronouns, has it as a hyperlink to take you to an article that explains, well, what are they, them pronouns? Why mm-hmm. am I using these? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, when you're thinking about all the people you reach with an email, how many people are going to see that? Mm-hmm. Talking about creating those safe zones for folks, mm-hmm. that's the way to do it. That's very powerful. Yeah. You travel all over the country giving these safe zone trainings, and I, you, so you, and you just got back from Texas. Mm-hmm. You were at a, a Christian college, was it? Texas Christian University. Texas Christian University. Yeah. And they asked you to come mm-hmm. to... To give the safe zone training or, or... Safe zone train the trainer. Safe zone train the trainer. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating yeah. um, because some people, you know, back to the Supreme Court case, it seems that some people don't want to acknowledge the pronouns or any one of the letters in LGBTQ+, plus because of their faith-based beliefs. Um, so, how is the experience of working with Christian colleges? Yeah, I think it is really hard for me to to listen to a lot of the rhetoric around that that misconception that it's LGBTQ against religion, mm-hmm. or that the two have to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you looked at so uh, the Outer Lines puts on Rochester Pride every year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the Pride Parade that we put on. Way more religious organizations and faiths are in that parade than any businesses or organizations, anything like that. It is not mutually exclusive at all. There are so 
so, so many communities of faith that are so open and welcoming to the LGBT community. Um, I have been to many different religious institutions and colleges uh, that really want us to come in and not just do that safe zone training, but do that safe zone train the trainer, Mm -hmm. which for folks who may not know what that program is, it's uh, a much more intensified version of safe zone training where we come in and we actually do a safe zone training, but over the course of two days where we show you all the behind the scenes tips Mm -hmm. and we are really showing you how to affect create your own safe zone program and be safe zone trainers yourself Mm -hmm. so that when we leave the work is not done but Mm -hmm. you are creating a sustainable program on your campus Mm -hmm. the number of religious institutions and organizations and colleges that actually have us do that program for them Mm -hmm. that really want to make sure that they have something in place for their LGBTQ students and community is just overwhelming Mm -hmm. Um, I mean we have a great team of speakers bureau members Mm -hmm. who are folks that come with us and share their own personal coming out stories mm-hmm. um, nothing training on, on that uh, that team of speakers bureaus we've got folks who are reverends we've got folks um, who are in clergy we've got so many folks who are very very deeply religious but also LGBTQ mm-hmm. the two are not separate at all mm-hmm. that's just amazing yeah. it's great to hear and I'm glad to hear that so many schools have been reaching out to you and it's something I didn't know it's Really interesting to hear that they are proactively seeking information. Good for them. Yeah, you'll see it, uh, especially around Pride Month here in Rochester, you'll see so many churches and religious organizations just flying those rainbow colors. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. That's wonderful. If anybody is ever interested in you know, how you can take it a step farther and learn how to do some more of that active allyship, um, I, as the Associate Director of Education here, schedule all of our training. So if you are looking at coming to the Out Alliance to join other people from across the country to take our Safe Zone training or our Safe Zone Train the Trainer training so that you can learn how to be a Safe Zone Trainer yourself, please feel free to reach out to me at education at outalliance.org. We do everything from uh, very basic trainings. We're creating uh, LGBTQ plus inclusive K through 12 schools to healthcare organizations. If you can imagine it, we do that training. So please feel free to reach out to us at any time. Or if you're just looking for some additional resources, we want to be here for you as a resource. And then I also want to emphasize for those who don't have access in other parts of the country, it's the Trevor Project. The Trevor Project. That is a great one. The Trevor Project, human rights campaign in GLSEN, G-L-S-E-N. Great. Caden, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. You can find links to the Trevor Project, GLSEN, and the human rights campaign at Genderator.com. That's Genderator with a J. Until next time, take good care.